Fragment 2 I have to choose what I detest, either dreaming, which my intelligence hates, or action, which my sensibility loathes. Either action, for which I wasn't born, or dreaming, for which no one was born. Detesting both, I choose neither. But since I must, on occasion, either dream or act, I mix the two things together. Hey, Fernando. I've gone back on my self-ruling in saying that I would only call you Pessoa for all those kind of arcane reasons that I came up with. Because what I've realized is, of course, everybody you knew who loved you called you Fernando, and I love you, so it would make sense that I would call you Fernando. You being one of the saints, if you like, in my kind of type four um, church. So I recorded the first episode and I thought, right, this is how I'm going to do them. I'm going to read, read one of your fragments. They are fragments of something. And who's to know how you decided when the fragment was complete? This fragment does feel complete in a kind of aphoristic way. But who's to know in some of those longer fragments why you stopped writing that particular fragment. And perhaps it was just circumstantial, like you were feeling tired and that was that. But perhaps that was what needed to come out. And it came out in that way, which is why, although I I think your work is shelved under prose, uh, and... It's always, you're always writing, I think, in some sort of poetic register. That's how it feels to me anyway. So I thought, okay, let's do it like this. I'll read a fragment aloud. Um, and But also maybe, you know, each day I'll sit down and I will try to write something to you, try to write a kind of letter and then read that aloud. So sort of write from my book of disquiet to your book of disquiet or my place of disquiet to your place of disquiet. But having this somewhat competitive ego style, the style of four, which I think you have too, I knew that no writing that followed yours could ever be as meaningful as yours is. Because let's be fair, when, you know, you're on a roll in so many of these fragments, and maybe that's really what makes a fragment. It's like you are suddenly inspired. That's the only word, right? You're inspired, some kind of divine inspiration, and boom, off you go for one sentence, two sentences, three sentences, four sentences, four pages, and then, and then nothing, a kind of death. And that's not the place I'm coming from when I'm writing a response to you, in the sense that it's more a place of 
something resonating in me and then I'm trying to write something responsive back as hopefully a good kind of letter or even a good back and forth of any communication might entail. So then I had another idea, which is what I'm trying out here, and that is just simply to read a fragment, maybe to say a couple of words on the fragment, but not prepared words, not like, oh, I'm going to say this thing on the fragment or that thing, but more whatever is just here now, because I guess that's also how these words arrive for you. Um, You didn't have the idea of, I'm going to have an idea now, which is going to inspire me to write this idea down. The idea was had, and there's the mystery, isn't it? But then I realised something else. I realised that if I did these at night, and why shouldn't I? I am... I've literally got nothing else to do in the evenings. I mean, I've got loads of things to do, but I don't know. Uh, At the moment, I, yeah, you know, after I finish working with clients at about eight o'clock, I then have some dinner. I don't know. I guess it's that time of the day where I start to feel maybe a bit lonely or alone. Or I begin to feel that maybe just, you know, me and Max, just that kind of company even though I've had company all day through my wonderful, wonderful clients, I start to feel, oh, well, I start to yearn for a kind of company, a company that would be around at 10 o'clock at night, other than Max. And I thought, okay, brilliant. That would be a good time to have a chat with you, (laughs) like phone a friend, you know? because because I consider you to be a friend. And the, f- the fun thing is about this as well, and this is kind of fun and funny, hopefully, for you. I mean, I, I think you would be amused by this. Uh, is that, you know, neither of us churchgoers, and yet we are both like a lot of fours, I think. You know, I'm thinking of Philip Larkin wandering around churches and writing a lot of moving poems about churches, even though, you know, Larkin did not believe as nor did you and neither do I that, you know, come the end of this lifespan, anything happens other than oblivion. But I thought you'd be amused to know that I record these um, basically standing in front of my wardrobe. Um, But the way, because the wardrobe doors are open and then the microphone is kind of nestled in between, hanging from, you know, that bar that holds the, the clothes on it, and it's kind of nestled in between, and then I'm standing in, in, in the midst of all of that, what it probably most closely resembles, including the fact that I'm kind of looking forwards into a sort of almost a sort of void of a slit where, I don't know, somebody else could be there. It's a microphone, but it could be another ear listening. What it most resembles, I think, is a confessional. And maybe, who knows, maybe we need that at the end of each day. We need some kind of place where we can do a kind of reckoning with our soul and and the souls of others and then having done that give that over to god in this case i'm giving it over to you fernando and then go to sleep and dream the dream of angels Walking the way we used to. Would.
could be so nice We're talking the way we used to talk And it would be so nice So this fragment, I think, is a, is a beauty. It really is a kind of a riddle, isn't it? It doesn't present itself as a riddle. It presents itself as if you're telling us, okay, well, this is how it is. You can have this or that or, you know, rock in a hard place. But actually, once you start to dismantle it a little bit, no, not dismantle it, once you start to poke and prod in a kind of like, oh, what's this kind of way, not in a wanting to in any way disrupt or um, hurt the fundamental fibre of the text, but just, well, what's going on? What's going on here? Then it, then it really sort of, it becomes even more, I think, sort of curiouser and curiouser, right? I have to choose what I detest. That's already, already, that's curious, isn't it? I have to choose what I detest. Is that really true? Or does that emotion, that mood, that negative emotion, does it kind of possess us, seize us, and it sort of chooses us? We're chosen by it. I don't know. But then, but then you give us the options, okay? Dreaming, which my intelligence hates, and I agree with you. Oh, man, I've been doing so much dreaming, you know, dreaming in the last six, seven months about things that are probably never ever going to happen ha- happening or um, something that I'm really not enjoying that ceasing to give me non-enjoyment. Um, and you're so right that even whilst I'm doing that dreaming, that yearning, that kind of longing for these aspects or things that I don't have, there is the intelligence, and I think this is the mental intelligence and the embodied intelligence, because I think the dreaming comes from my heart, as I think it does from yours, a sort of a heart operating system. I think the mental and embodied intelligence kind of goes, you what? <laughs> why, why are you wasting all your time and energy on this, you idiot? Um, and it's not an inner critic. It's 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 actually uh, you know it's the wisdom of those two other less dominant uh, operating systems is how I would understand it. So yeah, me too. My intelligence also hates um, the dream when the dream hooks me. But then okay, well yeah okay well let's not let's not dissociate. Let's not go into dream. Let's go into action. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, mm, my sensibility loathes it. <laughs> You know, and that, that is the beauty. That is, I love the authenticity of that admission. You're basically going, yeah, I know it's the right thing to do, but my, ugh, you know, like there's something deep within me, my sensibility. I understand this also to mean myself, my I, my, the way the life force lives within me. Ugh, not too fond of doing that. So I think I'll give it a miss. Um, so you're either in kind of dream with the sort of intelligence going, this is just beneath you, come on, come on, this is beneath you, or you're trying to push your sensibility to take action, which you loathe. <sighs> Absurd. Which is, which is the place I think you want to get us to, right? I think you are a early 
a proto-existentialist, Fernando. I really do, you know? You give us an impossible choice, which I think the existentialists like Camus, another big fave of mine, um, and I'm sure you would love Camus if you had lived to read him. Yeah. When you actually look at the options, it all just becomes a little bit absurd. But maybe that's my sensibility talking here. So, detesting both, we choose neither. But, you know, at the same time, because they kind of choose us, this is my reading of it, right? Um, Or my uh, kind of, I don't know, Talmudic uh, spiel on it. Um, Yeah, treating the Book of Disquiet as a piece of the Talmud, reconnecting you to your Jewish roots there, um, Fernando. Yeah, the problem is because we're chosen rather than choosing, although we think we're choosing, but we're kind of chosen because, you know, if I could dodge um, some of the crappier feelings that I sometimes feel, I would. So we're chosen by these things and then we sort of do one or do we do the other. Are you saying to us, choose, you know, either really, really go for it on the, on the kind of the dream front, which I think is maybe us fours leaning into our five wing. It's kind of like, no, okay, I'll just, I've got everything I need here. I've got the book of disquiet. I can read it. I can think about it. I can always come and talk to you here in the little podcast, living the book of disquiet confessional booth. I've got everything I need. Live the dream, literally live the dream. (laughs) And that's not sort of jet skis and champagne and vegan canapes. That's standing on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock with kind of Diwali fireworks rumbling in the distance. Max a little bit scared uh, about all of this Diwali stuff going on. And living the dream, right? Do you do that? Which makes me think of that... um, Ah, Frank O'Hara poem. What's that poem? Because it's not living the dream in the in the way that most people think of living the dream. It's the living the dream in the sense of this Frank O'Hara poem, autobiographia literaria, or something like that, which goes. Um, how does it go? It's something like, um, when I was a child, I played by myself in a corner of the schoolyard all alone. I hated dolls, and I hated games. Um, animals weren't friendly and birds flew away. If anyone was looking for me, I hid behind a tree and cried out, I am an orphan. And here I am, the center of all beauty, writing these poems. Imagine. And I suppose I could say, and here I am. (laughs) The center of all beauty. Talking to you, Fernando Pessoa. Thank you. Speak soon. Good morning to you, I hope you're feeling better, baby 
thinking of me while you are far away. Counting the days until they set you free again. Writing this letter, hoping you're okay. Saved you the room you used to stay in every Sunday. The one that is warm by sunshine every day. And we'll get to know each other for a second time. Then you can tell me about your prison stay. Ba 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 ba. Feel so good. You're coming home soon. It's gonna be good to have you back again with me.